You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Well, good morning and hello, kids. Welcome to season three in episode number 43 of the Not Quite Daily Beaver Morning Show, our much less scripted version of our regular podcast, still the same incisive commentary on Canadian politics and general culture, but much less scripted for when you want to get your day started off with a nice warm bowl of beaver grizzly goodness. Yum, yum, yum. Today. Recording day is Monday, January 23rd, 2023, and it looks like it will be another yet unseasonably warm day here at the Ottawa Beaver Lodge, with temperatures again hitting zero at the end of January. <sighs> I know it feels good for us, but it's not a good sign. No, it's it is not, not a good sign. It feels good now, but 15 years from now, we not we not might be <laughs> we not might be so happy. Uh, I'm your host, the eager beaver, pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver, eh? and I am dancing a jig because you, dearest kids, have joined us this morning. Um, yes, if you might notice, it's, I do seem particularly chipper because I have had a fantastic weekend. Because Indeed. it was podcast weekend. It was a good one. And podcast weekends are always very, very, very good weekends for me. Well, Because I get to see you. And you got to reunite with uh, our dear friend, Catherine. Yes, I've been smiling ever since. Nice. I, um, yeah. I actually, um, I woke up this morning feeling refreshed for the first time in I don't know how long. Now, nice. I, I, I didn't sleep nice. right through the night, of course. I woke up multiple yes. times because, you know, that's how the body works when you're on Zoloft. But uh, I actually feel refreshed this morning. Uh, yesterday was a very relaxing day. I had, like, I mean, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, so I... I didn't have much energy during the day, so I, I I stayed home. I didn't go out. I wanted to go to my parents for dinner, but I had a, a a work project that I'm still 
struggling with um, mm. some video editing and it's the audio that's the issue. And anyway, it, it stressed me out for a little bit, but I didn't get stressed yesterday. I just worked on it, realized, okay, I might have to go to some different footage to make this happen, but that, that, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. Took a deep breath, did some meditation. Um, yeah, relaxed, listened to some music, did a jazz show, which helped, you know, that always calms me down. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a mellow day yesterday, but it was it was good. It was good. And, and what about you? What'd you get up to yesterday? Because I know what you did Saturday. <laughs> you were with yeah. me. Yeah, that was fun. I, you know what? Um, yesterday was just a real lazy catch up day. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, exactly. Same thing for me. Same thing for me. Well, I mean, it's you know the. the Every now and then in uh, people's, you know, lives, there, there are, like, times where there's a lot of stuff that's due at once or a lot of things together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that takes you out of your regular routine, and then you need to get back to it. So, like, for me, for example, there's been a particular amount of travel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. with going to see family for the holidays and then going to see friends, having the opportunity to see friends in Quebec City last weekend and then coming this weekend. And, uh, you know, and uh, like I said, I was uh, trying to get, uh, you know, um, where I volunteer. There was a play coming out uh, opening this week. So, you know, I was, uh, I do their program for them. So, you know, I had to get all that information. So there's a couple of days last week, a couple of evenings where I was doing that rather than researching, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, yesterday was just, uh, you know, pajamas uh, go out only for like the only thing I absolutely needed and stay at home and listen to a few podcasts, you know, just you know, take yeah. some time to talk to the sweetie because, you know have a nice long conversation by phone because, you know, I haven't got to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I didn't get to see him a couple of days last week and a couple of days this week. So, you know, kind of lonely for each other. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So, yeah. You know, so it's just little things like that. So, yeah, it was a nice, easy day. But uh, once again, the magic couch. Yeah. Every single night I've been here so far, I have fallen asleep and woken up on the couch, and I've woken up exactly at 6 o'clock in the morning on my own, no alarms, no nothing. Wow, that's kind of trippy. I cannot seem for, I don't know what it is, but I stretch out on this thing, I never actually make it to the bed. <laughs> you know what, though? If you, if you get a good night's sleep, that's all that matters, right? It, it's like, yeah, I know. Hey, I've, I've crashed on my couch on more times than I care to mention. Wake up and feel great. So it's like, I'm not going to argue with it. It worked. Nope. That's all that matters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 But yeah, this this thing is magic. I don't know what it is, man. It's just, just it's, it's like, if I was a nightmare on Elm Street, this would be the worst piece of furniture to have in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Oh, man. Uh, good morning, Kit. Pete. Hello, mate. How are you? Good morning, Kit Saucy. Good morning, Kit Jillian. Good morning, South Stands TFC. I should say Kit South Stands. TFC. That one doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> you got to work on that. <laughs> as, easily, as easily for me. I got to work on that one. Uh, good morning, uh, Lazy Sundays with Wade and Doe. Good morning, Kit Elaine. Uh, if I've missed anybody so far, I am sorry. I will hope to get hopefully get to you during the rest of the show. Good morning, Kit Linda. Good morning, Nona. Lovely to see you. Good morning, Kit Dharma Karma. Good morning, Kit Kath needs a Snickers. Wow, it's like the whole family this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeez. 
The whole damn family. Uh, the whole fam damnly. Yeah, Pete, I don't know what happened. <laughs> the whole uh, fam damnly. I, I pulled up all, all the transparents you sent me. Uh, each one of them uh, identical. They come up with a white background, so I don't know what happened there, but um, weird. I, I loaded it up, and because the image I've got in the, our little graphic that says live, it should be just, like, there shouldn't be that white background for some reason, but uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I'll leave it with all you, right. Pete. You're the man. You can you can figure it out. I don't know what the hell will ha- happen, but they all they all showed up like that. So, I fix, yes, I fix. I like that. Are, <laughs> yes, but if you are watching, if you are watching uh, on the top right hand corner, that uh, the new little uh, I don't know that is that a logo? I guess you yeah. would say live logo. Yeah, yeah. live logo. A yeah. little live logo. Yeah, with a little button there that says live. I like that. Yeah, that's cute. There's a few. He sent me a sent me a few different ones, and of course, I've got this background. But I think it's so. I've I created this background very quickly yesterday. Um, it's just the two lives yeah, in the bottom, yeah. and I've got a standard, and then the pride one, and then the middle middle of the snow, like stars or snow, I guess. Uh, but uh, I think sometimes a moving image creates a little bit of audio issues, so I, that might ah, be. Yes. But it seems to be fine now, so we'll leave it up. If it creates an issue, I'll just switch it back to the crier. Um, crier um wallpaper because we are you know members of the crier network right the crier media network that's we us are. we got to promote we we got to promote yes uh, that's i'm so happy about this uh we should probably try to have dean on at some point so oh yeah talk to the kids about what it was well uh, this whole thing was and how it came about maybe we can arrange to have him come in uh, friday morning because it's 7 a.m is a little early for him but fridays we yeah. can we can go for a while right so maybe we can get him come on a little bit later on friday morning yeah, that might be a good idea. We'll ask him. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Pete. Uh, we love it. Uh, makes us look a little even a little more professional. I like it. Well, and, and, and that little live thing. I, I, I added a little change to our, our our bumper and bumper. You'll see. You'll see at the end of the show today. You'll see. Okay. Just a subtle change. I like the change you made to the. Yes, I like the change to the beginning bumper while the, with the countdown. Mm-hmm. You like that, yeah? Because like whenever we play our whenever we play our theme music, you know the dun dun mm-hmm. dun dun, that makes me happy. This, but when that thing is counting down, you know, it's like before we start, I'm like you're like, yeah, it's the idea to get get the energy up. You know, right? it's like, yeah, I've, I've all popped like this. But the only thing is, is like because at like at about like four seconds, we get the drop. Yeah, then it comes. I want to hear what the rest of that song sounds well, like. It's the teaser, man. It's the I teaser. I want to know what comes next. It's the teaser. So <laughs> what I did was we had the old, <laughs> the older countdown, which was the thirty-second one with the rainbow colors and that. It was it was nice and I liked it, but it I couldn't splice it together with our stuff. So I had to launch it and then launch ours. And sometimes there would be a gap and a bit of a hiccup between the two. So I just said yeah. to heck with it. I went into the program I used, created my own, and put that together. So it's all one big clip. Now, so it just I just press play and it runs. So there's no no hiccups anymore. That's you know so. But we'll I'll, I'll get the song in somewhere in the full length. But it's I think it's about three and a half four minutes. And and it, it's uh, it's it's oh, not wait, licensed. Wait, wait, there, it's unlicensed. So is, I can play the whole thing. There is a three minute version. Oh, it's like a five minute version. I think. Yeah. Oh yes. But I got to find a yeah, way to oh. put it in and incorporate it into the show, right? So that it makes sense, not just at the start, you know. Anyway, we'll okay, figure that but out I mean, later. Yeah, but you can still send that to me so I can like dance around in the bathroom to it, right? Uh, not sure if I can do that because it's part and parcel to the software I use to create the, uh, oh. the imagery. It's licensed to uh. for us to use. Not it's not unlicensed, it's licensed for us to use. Uh, for that purpose, because I pay for it, it's like seventeen dollars a month. I got to pay for that software. So, 
And which reminds me, I'm behind. I didn't pay them. They just sent me a thing, said, pay me some money. Oh, and I realized what happened on Saturday when I went to pay my bill. My Amazon Prime uh, payment, along with another payment that I had completely forgotten about, came out of that account. (laughs) So I had budgeted for Saturday. I had budgeted for Saturday. And then completely, you know, it's the once a year payment. Once a year. But that's what we assumed, right? Yeah, and that's what it was. So it's like, oh. Yeah. (sighs) <laughs> and of course it happens to ha- it, ha- it happens to it has to happen in a january when you know money's a little bit tighter in january because christmas and and whether yep. you're spending money on gifts there's some sort of travel there's always something involved with spending extra money at that time of the year whether you celebrate christmas right. or not right there's some sort of corporate right. event or whatever the case may be uh, maybe a traveling thing or something and and then of course it has to happen while we're doing a live broadcast right? of course <laughs> Right? Send money. Because, Paul's broke. Because it's 2023. It's like, oh, kids, this is the portion of the pub chat where we dance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Paul, Paul has no shame because, you know, I have no shame. Lord, all of a sudden, the podcast has become a telethon. <laughs> it's like yes. Yeah. Money for Paul. <laughs> I, I don't feel good about asking people to send me money to help pay my bar tab, though. That's pretty, you know. That's pretty lame, if you ask me. Uh, anyway. Like, do you yeah. really want those hands washing dishes? <laughs> <laughs> I know where these have been. <laughs> oh, I was not going there at all. That's a whole other direction. I, I worked construction, remember? <laughs> so I know where they've been. You yes, you yes. went into the gutter. I was no, I was thinking about yeah, construction okay. hands. Sure, sure, sure. You were. <laughs> I've had to work. <laughs> I've had to work in buildings that I'm not kidding. I have video of it. A building no, where uh, there were so many holes in the roof when they were working on it, they didn't seal the roof in time, so it was raining mm-hmm. in the building, like like several okay. centimeters of water in the building that I'm working on. All of our equipment is soaked. It's full, covered in mud and probably some other brown substances mm. so mm. i know where these hands have been <laughs> like that kid Tim goes oh hello tummy <laughs> is this only fans <laughs> no, no, no. i figured get the sex bots before they get you <laughs> that's probably a good idea <laughs> i'm bringing sexy back well, back. somebody's got to bring it back because right? sexy front, sexy back. back. Would we bring? Would we bring sexy back back? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, <laughs> bringing sexy back bacon is what I'm bringing. Mm, <laughs> bacon. I would like some bacon. Uh, uh, bacon. Uh, so um, we didn't thank our sponsors yet. That's okay. That's okay. And Mr. Grizzly, I guess your mental health's doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, today. Yeah. I'm yeah. good. I'm going to stick with it, you know? Um, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm kind of sticking with my no media, no social media for the most part. Um, you know, I, I, I glanced through some headlines this morning to, to, to gleam some stuff for the show, but for the most part, I'm sticking 
sticking in, into a, a keep the head down for a couple more days until I know I'm in a really good space. But I did find this last night, and it was like, please do. Please do. This this is uh, well, this man, this just speaks for itself. Yeah, that was the seventies, man. Exactly. Am I looking at here? It was a, it was a, a clothing store in Detroit in the seventies, Eleganza. You remember the TV series Space nineteen ninety nine? The guy in the right hand corner um, looks like he's wearing the Space nineteen ninety nine uniform. The guy in the bottom left hand corner has a boomerang around his neck for some bloody reason. <laughs> and and those shoes are are hideous hideous like who would wear those I, I i remember people wearing them in the 70s actually uh, they were they were really uncomfortable and they were all uh, plastic so yeah that's uh, disturbing yeah. the 70s were a weird kit, time i think everybody was on cocaine kit saucy's good okay what's happening here and i'm like i'm right with you sister <laughs> oh my god that was a fashion faux pas I think. and this is the other thing this is the other thing i pulled off the internet last night uh, just when i was preparing this i thought i'd, I'd pull this one up it's, uh, mm, speaks for itself i think um, yeah. play nice and one day they'll be walking behind us carrying our poop in a bag two wolves staring at a bunch of cavemen <laughs> so yeah i've kind of kept my uh, head down when it comes to news media i did watch some football on the weekend though and the buffalo bills um did not play well enough to win they lost they got their butts handed to them which is what i expected in that game i was hoping for them to win because only because of demar hamlin right and and i thought it would have right. been nice for him he was at the game he marched out the whole it, i thought it would have been nice to, to win it but i didn't think they had the capabilities and and they didn't and it was odd because they were playing at home in the snow. So I thought, oh, yeah, they got to pull this off. No, they didn't. They didn't pull it off. And then Dallas got their butts kicked, which I expected because San Francisco is a, a much better team. Um, KC, Patrick Mahomes, is the greatest quarterback in football today. Um, if his career can last as long as Tom Brady's, he'll be a Hall of Fame. Well, he'll be a Hall of Famer either way. But if his career can last as long as Tom Brady's, he may usurp Brady from some of the records that he has. But, well, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Anyway, enough about football because we are not a sports show, but I did want to address that because it's important to a lot of people, and I did, I did uh, manage to check out two games yesterday. Of course, Saturday, we were at the pub having the chat, so there was none of that. None of that. No football on Saturday. We missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed we did. Uh, um, all right. So you have no news knowledge whatsoever? Um, I do have two snippets I pulled this morning. Two quick ones. Okay. So this was posted by Skippy yesterday. Filipino, va- Filipino values are conservative values, hard work, family, and mm-hmm. country. Let's remove gatekeepers here yes. so more foreign trained nurses, doctors, and skilled workers can do the jobs they're qualified for here in Canada. Yet, he also said this, Immigration Canada, Justin Trudeau is spending millions on empty hotel rooms. You use xenophobic rhetoric arguing that foreign migrant workers were taking Canadian workers' jobs and driving down wages. So which is it, Skippy? Which is it, please? I mean, my God, man. The guy flip-flops so much that Javianus should hire him. You know who Javianus is? They make flip-flops? No? No. 
I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, Javianas. They're, they're, they're a brand of flip-flops out of Brazil. They're brilliant. I love them. I have a couple of pairs of them. They're, they're wonderful, comfortable flip-flops for the summertime. But the man flip-flops so much. And, and the whole gatekeeper thing, he went on yesterday, showed a picture of an empty pharmacy shelves in a Loblaw superstore. And when I went, Justin Trudeau, and I'm like, Justin Trudeau doesn't own Loblaws. Justin Trudeau does not work in private sector industry. It's funny how you want a gatekeeper when you need somebody to blame who has nothing to do with supply chains. But you want to remove gatekeepers over here but install more here. Do you want to nationalize the grocery stores and the pharmacies? Is that it? Like this guy, he he just says whatever is convenient for him in that exact second. Not even the moment, that exact second. Whatever he finds convenient to rage farm. The guy's an idiot. He's a gaslighting asshole. Yep. I mean, period. Yep. <laughs> like, and that's all I know about the news. That's it. I, I've kept my head down. So please, please inform me, good sir. <laughs> well, uh, on that point, however, you, you're, you're, um, you're hitting it on the head. I mean, I've, I've said it uh, often on the show, right? Whatever gets you through the current nanosecond. Exactly. Right. And when we had our interview with uh, journalist Robert Lee, we were talking about his uh, ability in particular over time to connect dots, right? And not just breathlessly deal with what's happening in this moment, right? We're always looking at the bark and never actually looking at the full tree or even Mm -hmm. even the forest, taking the step back, you know, and looking over a couple of weeks and putting, you know, connecting some dots together, then looking a little back in history and, you know, why are we so focused on this or why are we so focused on that? Uh, why is this coming up now? You know, what's this person's connection to this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened when the shoe was on the other foot? Shoes on the other right. foot. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Thank you, sir. That's the shoe um, you'd be wearing. <laughs> yeah. So on, on the flip-flopping thing, you're right. I mean, it's... Um, it's an issue. It's, uh, you know, he was all for the convoy specifically until there started to come some heat. And then he was for the certain people in the convoy, but not other people in the convoy. He did the reach out to the MGTOW until they mm-hmm. joked, air quotes, about, well, raping his wife. Yeah, and then he got all bent out of shape, right? Yeah. Then he got all all bent out of shape. But yet, after all of that, right, just a few weeks ago, or last week it was, he comes and gives a reach around Mm -hmm. to that crowd by doing his Jordan Peterson thing. Right? Yeah. I don't agree with everything Jordan Peterson's ever said, but then going into quoting Voltaire and... Which I thought was hilarious. Voltaire is about as elite as it gets, right? Right, right. But it's like he does to Voltaire what Americans do to Martin Luther King. You know, the color of not the color of their skin, but the content content of their character. character. They just disassociate it from absolutely everything. The content, whatever he said next in the speech, (laughs) right? And then they just apply it, right? So I mean, this is the same type of thing going on here. this is this is this is Pierre. He's the Javianus guy. Flip flops. 
new polar flip-flops. We have them in sizes from extra stall to extra petty. <laughs> Uh, with a whole range of all the tiny. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so he's doing all of that. And then you have all your other flip-flops uh, from him uh, that I had listed in my head ready to go. And you threw me with that one. Oh, sure um, so, uh, no, no, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so he is flip-flopping. Uh, all over the place. And, uh, you know, uh, the other reach around he gave was when he went to the frontier. Yes, frontier to, uh, center. Manitoba to deliver that speech, frontier center, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, often published, uh, you know, climate skepticism type stuff and pro convoy stuff and, you know, vaccine skeptic or anti vaccine type stuff. Uh, but it is, uh, Oh, apparently my internet. Yeah, you're a little jittery. Yeah, according yeah. to the kids. Yeah, you're a little jittery. Oh, yeah. There's nothing I can do oh, about I it. I'm sorry. sorry it's, about that. it's just your connection. Yeah. yeah, nothing I can do about it. I just changed the background because okay. that may interfere a little bit. Okay. Um. So, anyway, he goes and goes and gives a speech to them, and there again says, "Right, I don't agree with anything that everything they've ever said." Right, but where it is with all those three things, the denialism of all that kind of stuff being one thing, it's really their content about indig indigenous peoples and the residential school system. And I mean, we shouldn't even be called them residential schools, residential institutions, really. Kitty prisons. I mean, yeah. Um, but, you know, for lack of a better word, residential schools, uh, and saying that it was a myth and that all of this was overblown and, mm -hmm. you know, there's no way that people could be suffering the effects still today and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where, you know, and the thing is that, you know, when we talked about him stealing thunder on the day of the two apologies, right, the day of the apology to uh, the First Nations from the federal government uh, for residential schools, which, you know, as we mentioned before, the government failed to say, you know, they said they were sorry, but then they didn't show they were sorry in any way by changing behavior or trying to atone. Mm -hmm. um, but there was that. And then he went to CFRA and did the counter-programming about indigenous people needing a better work ethic and, you know, complaining that he's not getting value for money for money we're spending on a legal tort settlement. Why would you get value for money for paying for damages caused? Right. So, but, but that's what he went out to say, right? He mm -hmm. went out to basically soften, give the red meats to the base on the day that that apology was being given. Of course. And then when the papal apology came, that's the day that he and Harper basically conspired to have Harper endorse him for leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. So again, he had some counter-programming. The day he went to the Hunt Frontier Center, now, clearly, the arrangement was made before this happened, but happened to be the day after... Uh, on the um, Blanket Cree Nation, uh, Star Blanket Cree Nation, I believe, uh, where a fragment of jog bone of a child, four to six years old, that's about 125 years old that they've been able to date, was found near an area where there was a residential school at the time. So the day after. Again, in your communications team, you have some people that say that maybe you would want to 
changed that date at that time or, you know, but he no. went ahead and, you know, so, and as he's saying that there's a, another incident that comes out where he puts out a press release and he says, you know, like this, I've always stood against discrimination of any kind. That's not true. That's not true the at all. The MGTOW outreach on your YouTube. <laughs> Anti-woman discrimination. The two times you went out to steal thunder from the indigenous community and now at going to the Frontier Center and saying that, you know, well, I don't agree with everything they said, but I need to talk to them anyway. Uh, speaking um, in plain Anglo-Saxon terms, like that's a yes. dog whistle. Yes, uh, given the reach around the Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the women felt great about that. Uh, well, I'm and sure the gays felt great about that. I'm sure transsexuals <laughs> felt great about that. Um, you know, um, and then he has another video again where he's talking about Justin Trudeau having dressed up in costumes and whatnot. So once again, bringing up the blackface thing. Mm-hmm. Once again, trying to give CPR mouth to mouth to a corpse that's rotting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just yeah, never ends. Talking a dead horse, right? It's like this, but it's, it's like again, it's like if you keep on, it's like, and I'm sitting there, and it's like, I'm sure, like, I'm not sure every black person, it is, but a significant number of black people, every time they see that, it's like, just he, dude, is just reopening up the wound. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If you show pictures of that blackface or mention the blackface more times than the person has done blackface, don't come and tell me you care about black people. Well, it, you care about black people insofar as that they are a cudgel, an inanimate object with which to there you go. someone over the head. The indigenous people, Jody Wilson, the only time they cared about an indigenous person, so far that I can tell in my last 30 years, is as her. And they use her to beat him over the head. The non-feminist thing. All those little movements, right? Those little things that they tried to put up. The Trudeau, the Grover, the Trudeau. It's just... It's all calculated. It's all calculated. It's all calculated, but it's like, do not tell me that you care about black people when you do not miss any opportunity to take those blackface mm-hmm. images that most of the black community has basically said, yeah, okay, we understand you've done that, but as Miss Janet Jackson said, what have you done for me lately? Clearly you've learned. Yeah. Right. You know, and then they were saying, you know, like this, we don't really somebody with a questionable moral past. Okay. Again, we're we're comparing alternatives to each other, Mm -hmm. not the Almighty. So in the battle of Trudeau versus Pierre Poliver, someone with a questionable moral past who may have learned from it and Mm -hmm. appears that he has. Or mm-hmm. someone with a questionable moral present who keeps doubling down on it. Well, that, that's that's the big problem, right? Always better the person with a questionable moral past mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, it's it, it was the thing. It, I mean, was it True North went on yesterday or the day before? I can't remember when it was. And they did the the, the thing. I, I watched the clip from it was uh, they said Trudeau goes on a five minute tirade against. Uh, I'm like, no, he didn't. He talked about you've got one guy over here who supported the convoy, who supported hateful rhetoric, um, Skippy. 
bringing them coffee and donuts, supporting the things that separate and divide Canadians, when he's over here trying to keep Canadians safe. It was a five-minute discussion, not a tirade. He talked about how there is a small fringe group of Canadians who are just filled with hate, period. And those Canadians are selfish a-holes who don't give a shit about anybody but themselves because they refuse to live within the confines of society. They refuse to do the bare minimum, get a vaccine, wear a mask, bare minimum. They refuse to do that because for the very first time in their ever so uh, fragile white lives, they were inconvenienced. They didn't like the fact that they were finally granted the same equality as other members of society have always had to live within. An inconvenience for the first time in their lives, and they couldn't handle it for a split second. So what did they do? They encamped in my city, on my streets, hassled my local friends and neighbors, tortured us for days on end because they couldn't get their way. Which, by the way, All the mandates they wanted to end are, what were they? What's that magic word? Provincial. Let's go to Canada's capital to protest provincial mandates. They need to aim their hatred at somebody, so they aim it at the prime minister when these all of this was provincial. Okay, sure, couldn't get on a train or a plane because that was federal, but you drove across the country. You still had freedom of movement. You just didn't have the freedom of movement on the method that you wanted to use because you refused to obey the rules. And the rules were simple. You want to get on a plane or a train, you have to have a vaccine and a mask. Those are the rules because we're in the middle of a worldwide deadly pandemic. You can't follow the rules, you don't get to play. Right. And if Trudeau had removed the mandate for crossing the border, all that would have done was allowed American truckers to come into Canada. That's it. not have helped anybody here. Yeah, because you couldn't cross into the U.S. without a vaccine, period. You couldn't. And, and, and I believe, is it still the case right now in the U.S.? I'm not sure. Because I know Canada, you, you can come into Canada without it, um, but I think you still need it to go to the U.S. I, I could be wrong. You I'm, still need it to go to the U.S. That I, that I can tell, yes. I haven't heard anything that that's come off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what are you going to do? So you're complaining. Still wouldn't be able to go now. No, you're complaining to the prime minister <laughs> about a rule that was in place by the President of the United States of America, the most powerful country on earth. And he's not the leader of the free world, and I hate it when they say that. Oh, that drives me out of my mind. I didn't elect the guy. I have my own leader. Thank you very much. And we're freer than you are, so shut your pie hole. Yep. Shut your pie hole. And yeah, Pete, you're right. Mandatory voting that you have in Australia, and and we need to get that here. We need to get it here. It would make Hey, look. We wouldn't be in the problems we're in in the, in the province of Ontario right now, I don't think. What was the turnout? 43% for the last provincial election? Yeah, giving Doug 43. Ford a, a majority uh, conservative vote with 17%? Like, I think it's 18 or something, but yeah, yeah like, something low. It's below 20. How is that a majority? And yet, here we are. When people don't come out to vote, if he gets the, the larger share of the 43%, and he did, look at where we are. Mandatory voting. Yeah, and I like that idea too, Linda. Mandatory holiday on mandatory voting day. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm down for that. I second that motion. 
And and Australia absolutely Australia's had that since what ni- the nineteen twenties, I believe. It's been around for a very long time because they had an election. They used to have really high turnouts, and then they had one year where it was a low turnout. So they said, "That's it, boom, mandatory voting from here on out." And people have adopted it as their civic duty because that's what it is. It's your civic duty. And well, I don't feel like voting. Well, mm-hmm. dude, it it's five minutes out of your life. Five minutes. This is Canada. It's not. It's Responding not, to the census. We we broke the web yeah. <laughs> because we responded to the census so right. in so many numbers. Yes, <laughs> right. Responding to the census, jury duty, and voting are three civic duties. Like this, and one of them, voting, has no penalty if you don't do it. It's like, come on, man, really mm-hmm. to live in Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like think it's like literally bare minimum. Bare minimum. <laughs> People, yeah. Speak put up the put up this little barren minimum earlier on. It was so cute. I, I think the I think the longest I've we ever have t-shirts like that. It's the grizzly it's the grizzly minimum. The grizzly minimum. There we go. Pete, get to work. Nineteen eighteen. So nineteen eighteen is when they started it. So uh, I have uh, I think the longest it ever took me to vote in my life was 30 minutes because I had to drive to the pole because I was working in another part of town. So I had to drive to the pole, park my car, walk in, here's me here, who's I am, I did the vote, I left. So it was literally, the drive there took me longer than anything else, but it was only because I was working in another part of town. Now, for provincial votes, it's in the lobby of my building. So I can go down in my underwear if I want <laughs> for provincial. And federal elections is in the gym where I work out across the street, 120 meters from here. Now, in the last provincial election, Dougie did close a lot of polls. Cool, cool. He closed a number of polls, remember? Um, and he reduced the number of poll workers, and that was all to try and skew the vote, which he did. And I have a problem with that. Um, voting is our right in Canada. It is not a privilege. It is our right in Canada. And I believe it should be mandatory. But you should not be limiting polling stations. People need to, you know, some people have a difficult time, which is why, and it's the thing we've discussed in the past where maybe we should consider online voting for, for individuals who, you know, maybe have a mobility issue or a transport, transport issue, getting to a polling station, even when it's closed, it's not always available to everybody. So there is a percentage, a small percentage of the population that I think could really use an online voting system. How do we determine that? How do we work that out? I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm just a dumb old white guy. I don't have any any answers. I just have a lot of questions and maybe a few suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. It's I mean it's um, it's a weird time, right? Mm. Because it seems that on one hand there are so many things that are getting better. Oh yes. And on the other hand, there are so many things that just seem like one or two just lever clicks or button pushes from going straight to hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's one of those, may you live in interesting times being a curse type thing. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and, and bringing us back to where we were uh, talking with Pierre, um, you know, we have this guy who's trying to make, make us believe while well, trying to make, some people on the conservative side believe that he's not 
extreme as he is. He's like, extreme. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole, yeah, but that's the whole, I don't agree with everything you've ever said. And the reason this, this thing, uh, why I'm bringing it up, it's, it's stuck in my head the more I was listening to him say it, that it's a shield mm-hmm. behind which you hide to then say awful things or give your approval to, you know, awful people or sucky humans. Mm. I like to say, uh, and uh, or sucky things, sucky things that maybe not sucky humans, but being sucky human in the moment. <laughs> Let's say they're not generally sucky humans; they're just having a sucky human moment. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is that when you make a statement like that, and the reason why it's so clever, media-wise, is that it allows the listener to project whatever they want onto that. Mm-hmm. Right, all the things with which you also agree with that he is supporting, not supporting, <laughs> by not supporting everything someone said, are things you deem that he is supporting. Yeah, it's it's because you like the guy. It's complex and weird. Right? And if there are, I know, but it it's, it becomes this canvas mm-hmm. where the person that's listening. You know, and the person on the other side, conversely, the person that doesn't like them, says, "Well, yeah, well, you're saying that because you want, you know, you don't want it, you don't want to say out loud that you agree that you know women should be barefoot in the kitchen and blah blah blah, you know, and give their man sex whenever they want and blah blah blah, and all that alphas. I've got a white stance stuff, right? And but you do want to say that, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. you hear them. If you're against Pierre, you hear him saying, "Well, yeah, the only reason you're saying that is because you want to say that, and you can't." So this is how you're saying it. So it's this blank canvas. Whether you come at him from the love him or hate him side, that you can project whatever you want. And I think it would be really, really nice. Again, if media would dare to commit to journalism and basically uh, ask what it is specifically that these people have said that he does not agree. Well, because just simply saying, I don't agree. I don't agree with every. I don't agree with everything Genghis Khan ever said. I don't agree with everything <laughs> Margaret Thatcher ever said. I don't agree with everything you know Big Bird ever said. Uh, it's like none of us agree with what anybody has ever said. You know, so it's like okay, well that that's very nice. Okay, now after you've given that that platitude that basically means nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like tell us what are the things that you are worried that we would think that you agree with <laughs> and tell us that you don't agree with them. I mean, that's the traditional, that, that's the obvious follow-up question. It would be really nice if someone asked it. Uh, and there's this other thing that I noticed that he's been doing. Uh, apparently, uh, he went out to, when he was out in Winnipeg to give that uh, announcement, uh, there was a journalist from the Winnipeg Free Press, I believe his name is Tyler Shaw, who had published an article stating that uh, they had tried to get some comment from him, but he was not going to give any interviews at all mm-hmm. that day. And then apparently between the time that happened and everything else that day, he had managed to schedule four interviews 
with some of the media, including one with CTV in Winnipeg, which is the one, if you're on the web, you might be seeing some clips where he's sitting in a chair with a lady, I believe, in uh, wearing a brown blouse or something uh, in Winnipeg uh, and doing an interview uh, in CTV studios. So he's, quest- he's scheduled all of those afterwards and then went on, had his team go online to call that journalist a liar. Yeah, that was curious timing on his part, right? Right. So just so they basically set him up like this, or just decided, you know, like we'll show him. Mm-hmm. A little, and, little specious. You know, he's the leader of the opposition. You can call any media outlet and get a media interview in like thirty minutes or an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He's available. Do you want to interview him? Like, like got people are going to jump on that. So, um, so this type of thing went on behind the scenes, and then of course, you know. The journalist asking the questions ask him, you know, whether or not, you know, why it is that he's shying away from, you know, interviews with the parliamentary press. I guess, and he basically sitting there like this, and he he's got this thing where he's like he's sitting with his like his arms like this, and it looks like a little very very casual. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very casual pose. Is and he's sitting there. Well, I'm here now. Yeah, it's it's the fact that I'm here now means that I don't. I'm here now with you, mainstream media, and still not parliamentary press gallery, right? It's the local Manitoba, you know, in Winnipeg, CTV studio that he's in, right? Uh, And you know, with a journalist who's probably not used to, on a daily basis, interviewing a federal politician. This provincial may probably. I don't know. I've, I've never seen this journalist before, so I, mm-hmm. well, I, I have no idea. Is. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to, I can't judge her on that sense. Uh, but he's basically sitting there trying to sell to the people the fact that I've done this interview, which might be like the, the fourth one with the mainstream media, but still not the parliamentary press gallery, though, uh, is proof that he does interviews regularly all the time and sits for scrum, well, stands for scrums and all of that kind of stuff. So it's just the the utter shamelessness mm. again, and the utter just coolness and casual. I don't know if casualness is a word, but it's just he's just like sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Like when he's doing that video, walking through the. I'm, not walking, walking through where he's talking about the Justin Trudeau wearing, you know, these outfits. He actually like is l- like laughing. Mm-hmm. Now I know the intent of the laughing is like, <laughs> like, can you believe this guy? This, but he's happy. Oh yes. To be using this opportunity, he's gleefully referring to blackface. Gleefully. It's because he takes joy in it. It's like the cruelty is the point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As was said about the Trump administration. <laughs> this man. There's just no line. No line he won't there's cross. There's no line. No. He will, like I said, he, it's the nanosecond. It's he will say whatever is convenient for him to say in that exact moment to get him the clicks, the listens, the views, and rage farm. 
The man has no policy, uh, no point, doesn't give a damn. And, and the whole thing when he came out to defend and give that big reach around to Jordan Peterson was complete and utter bullshit anyway. It's got nothing to do with right. the Prime Minister of Canada and everything to do with the governing licensing body for clinical psychologists. He violated their code of conduct. Guess what? You've got to go before the board and face disciplinary action. It has nothing to do with the Prime Minister of Canada. Nobody is suspending Jordan Peterson's right to freedom of expression. And that's the other thing. They keep talking about freedom of speech. We don't have that in Canada. We have freedom of expression. As a member of Parliament, you should know this. So he's purposely using uh, language to drum up and rage farm his base, who believes we have a First Amendment and a Fifth Amendment, and the Fifth Amendment, by the way, a Second Amendment, was it the Second or Fifth? Fifth Amendment in Canada was the ability for Manitoba to join Confederation. So <laughs> we have freedom of expression, not freedom of speech. He needs to know this, and he does. But he's, he's purposely using language to drum up a certain uh, a portion of the population and then trying to enrage them by saying you're going to lose your right to freedom of speech again we don't have it uh, because justin trudeau has taken it away he won't let jordan peterson say what he wants none of that is true not a word of that is true not a single word of that is true it has nothing to do with the prime minister of canada everything to do with the governing body and licensing body of clinical psychologists for the province of ontario he violated their code of conduct he had to go before their board to be to be disciplined for it that's it he, hasn't, he can say whatever he wants, but if you say something that runs afoul of the code of conduct of your licensing body, they will pull your license. They didn't say he couldn't say that. It's just if you say that, you're going to lose your license, period. That's yeah. how it works. That's how it works. I mean, and, and like we said, great, when we're talking about I mean, he, when he got his license, he signed a code that he would agree to certain rules and certain that's right. Code of conduct and behaviors. And like I said, now he's being held to that. He's being held to account by a jury of his, of his own peers. peers. This is his own peer group. Other people that do the same work, kind of work that he does, that have the same kind of training he does, that have the same kind of licensing that he does, that have signed the same type of oaths and documents that he has, saying, dude, you have strayed from the path. And it wasn't even sanctions that were being proposed at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. was come in and have, have a talk about your media. Yeah, he wasn't. Even, that's right. Oh, like he wasn't media, even social sanctioned. Social media conduct, like this. Yeah. So let's have a talk about this, and let's see if you need some type of retraining in social media, as it pertains to clinical psychologists registered with our order. <laughs> and then you know, now this will have to be at your cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, and this is all goes away. Mm-hmm. Right? This all goes away. Nobody needs to know about this. We're communicating with you one-on-one in private. And then he this went public with it. And he released and stuff that he shouldn't have released he either. To make a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he tried to, then he tried to yeah. sick his sycophants onto Rachel Gilmore because she just took what he tweeted, took screenshots of it and reposted it and wrote a story about it. And then he tried to send all of his incel MGTOW followers after her for reporting on what he did when he did it yeah well on the and on the board as well yeah he went after the, bo- on the board well, as well and right? did you see because that the board is now in, right like this, all their meetings are virtual now they will not have in-person meetings anymore yeah. because they've been threatened by too many people 
Yeah, well, that's what that was the whole thing, right? This whole thing with, you know, uh, if you, the people, decide that I have done something wrong, I will fall on my sword or go take the media training, which is like, it's not up to the people to decide whether or not it's up to your peers to decide whether or not you screwed up. And which people would you recognize, right? If it's only your own people, well, then clearly you're never going to have to <laughs> take the training or resign, right? So he gets to be judged during executioner in this one. And then if the board has made a mistake and sullied my name and blah, 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 well, then all of them must resign. And then he started putting polls, right? Who's doing wrong with this? And, but targeting all the direction towards the board. So, and this is like one of those things, um, like mob speak, I guess, you know, when they're talking about Trump, Trump never actually tells you to do it, but because he never finishes a sentence really, right? And trails off and goes, but throughout the whole tone of the conversation and whatnot, you get that he's telling you to do something, right? When he's saying, do us a favor, though, it's not really do us a favor, though, it's do this or else, but he just says, do us a favor. So this is the same type of speak, uh, where you're not actually saying what it is, but you know, you're basically talking around it. So he's not actually telling his people, like, go out and harass the members of the board. But if Jordan Peterson decides he doesn't like somebody and that somebody should be sanctioned in some way for having done wrong to Jordan Peterson, and he focuses enough attention on it and mentions them frequently over a sustained period of time, what do you... And then says, well, I can't be responsible for what my followers do. Knowing full well that you have followers who will do. Mm. Hmm? Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us, Pete. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, yes. Yes. Bye, Pete. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we love you. Um, and um, so, yeah, you know, Dot, dot, dot. You know what's coming next. Oh, yeah. You know what's coming next. He doesn't have to say it. He just has to suggest that he's not happy with a certain group. And then... Yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Then the army gets released. Yeah. So... I don't... I don't understand the Pollover move in terms of doing that video strategically in terms of getting more reasonable minded, actually conservative people to want to join his sort of PPC ish mm. reboot uh, PPC CPC merger party. I think uh, that's going to happen because he was, he's been seen with a lot of prominent members, uh, uh, delegates of the PPC lately. And, and their response is, he supports everything we do. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's not good. Centerized conservatives. Might be time to start your party. No kidding. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we know they're That's out there, too. going to remain on the right. You guys better split, you guys better split on the center right. Because <laughs> he's taking you down. He, he is. He's going he's to take you down. He's going to torpedo love, love. the whole thing. But the worst but the thing is, is that, like, in all normal circumstances, that's true except for the one thing, right? The situation where the public is in a familiarity breeds contempt mode against the current government, and then the next government just wins by default. 
Because mm. that's what happens often in Canada. Liberals win elections and then conservatives win elections by default once people get tired of the liberals. And then we do that for a while and we go, oh my God, why did we do that again? And then we elect liberals for another 10 to 13 years. <laughs> so, um, uh, he's working hard and apparently, uh, as well, uh, he was in a, did a little tour of Quebec uh, last week. He was in uh, Montreal, Quebec City, and Trois-Rivières uh, because the Trois-Rivières region apparently there were some seats there that came very close to going conservative in the last election but did not. And their base is around the Quebec City area in that province. They've got nine seats of the, the 78 at the moment, uh, giving a little tour there. Uh, and apparently, unlike uh, other leaders, he does not appear to have a Quebec-tailored message at the moment. So he's saying the exact same things in French as he is in English. Uh, and he seems to be talking a little bit more about some energy east pipelines, which, you know, Quebecers have thoroughly and wholly rejected and is just not going to happen. And even though Legault is a fellow conservative-minded person, he's all all on board on the green thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's not... Uh, that's not happening. He doesn't have any uh, any avenues open there, and and so far it seems that uh, the Quebecers are seeing through uh, Polliver like they saw through Harper. They never, they never joined the Harper train ever. Right? They saw Ontarians fell for it for a while, and the West fell for it and never fell out of it. And this and even a couple of places in Atlantic Canada bought the Harper Harper stick for a while, but Quebecers just like like nope. <laughs> right nope. from the get-go nope. nope sorry not, not happening, happening. Uh, and they might yeah so so far at the moment they seem to be behaving the same way uh, with him over there so that's uh, a bit of a saving grace uh, he's doing really well on the really well in the interior of uh, BC however uh, which is what is uh, bringing his numbers up uh, federally and the party's numbers up federally uh, in particular so we'll see what, what happens over the course of time there um but yeah he's um we're at that stage in the liberal government where it is possible right prime ministers don't typically win four elections in a row in canada no and, and it's pretty much only laurier that's done it i think and and one of the things that my uh, buddy of mine was was uh, suggesting he says you get leader fatigue after this many years so it's you know, he I, he says, I don't, I don't see him getting reelected. But again, there's not really a good alternative out there. So, devil you know yeah. versus the devil you don't is is. But who knows? I mean, maybe Christian Freeland steps into position at that point in time. It's tough to say. Yeah. You know, it's tough to say. Well, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? It's we're getting at that. We're getting at that point. Or even if he is, see, my thing with the liberals when they keep on asking, right, it's of all the parties that we have an option to choose of, they are the ones that seem to be offering a plan that's the most tethered to reality mm-hmm. and a level of competence that is adequate. Right. Right. I mean, like this, it's government, it's a big machine, it never really runs completely. Um, so... Did we lose you there? I think we lost you for a sec. You're 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 breaking up pretty bad. It's like the six million dollar man. She's breaking up. Sorry. She's breaking up. I can't hold it. So 
<laughs> major delay. You've got a really bad connection. Uh, darn. Am I still breaking up? Not so bad right now. It's just you've got a major delay, so you might be running a bunch of stuff okay. in the background on your computer. We'll look at it for next time. We'll, we'll get through today, and we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, I actually am not. The only thing I have is notes for the show in WordPad. Mm. <laughs> you've run it, you're running nothing else? Ah, well, there may be um, background things, though, that you're no, not aware nothing. of, background services. No, that, that's possible, yeah. Because yeah, I usually um, go in and shut a bunch down just to, uh, uh, although I'm, I'm running this on a gaming rig, which is pretty capable, and I've increased my, my network connection. I've got like a gig up and a gig down or something crazy like that, but uh, I, I usually do go in and, and shut down services in the background. So if you don't know how to do that off the top, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out for some other day. That's another problem for another time. Let's just get through the day. Okay, well, I in that period, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Squirrel! Squirrel! I don't, I don't know where I was going with my point. Sorry, I guess that I remember. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, you were breaking up really bad there. So it's like we couldn't even understand uh, what you were saying at that point in time. It happens. Oh, technology is not so perfect. Um, yeah, uh, I forgot where it was. Uh, but since we were talking about Freeland, uh, one of the kits here, Kit South uh, stands TFC says Freeland apparently has much greater aspirations. Uh, yes, Trudeau being a leader too long. Thank you, Kitsasi. Um, if he stays, he definitely will be the better of the options. Yes. But if familiarity breeds contempt, we might have a Doug Ford situation, right, where we got to Kathleen Wynne, even though she had balanced the budget, and even though she was offering a good program, and even though she had shown she could be competent, this people were just like, before that election even was dropped, we knew that she was losing. Oh yeah, yeah. She did too. The only question was majority, majority or minority. Right. Right. That had already been decided. That was very clear. Uh, and if we get one of these situations, uh, that's where Oliver may come in, and where Oliver may be dangerous. Uh, well, will be very dangerous uh, because it's not like the conservatives have any bench depth either from None. which to go and pull. pull. Right. Even if he has three years of runway, if they decide, you know what, okay, this guy's a liability, we still have two years, let's you know, let's flip him. For whom? There's really nobody obvious on that side. Uh, and on the liberal side, while there are plenty of contenders, I mean, Anand would be great, Freeland would be great, Francois-Philippe Champagne would be great, Melanie Jolie would be great, uh, you know, Mark Carney might come back into the, into the race. I mean, there's no lack of quality candidates. Mm-hmm that could come in. Now, now, of course, they have to go through the gauntlet and be tested, but on paper, on there's a no lack of quality right. candidates there. Uh, yeah, on paper, right. Uh, I guess I, I don't know what's coming up on the conservative side at all. At all. There's there's no, I, I don't see any bright light. I don't see anything, you know, unless like sort of like David Frum decided he was going into politics and was deciding he was going to try to wrestle it back to some type of more moderate ish ish <laughs> side you know uh, he's about the only person i can think of on that side with this who says things that i can sometimes agree with mm-hmm. because it's actually you know reasoned and it doesn't have any leaks of logic and you know it might not be my way of seeing the world but it's still it holds right i can see how someone would see it that way right uh, and uh, so that's my, my, my fear 
And when we're talking about stories at this point in someone's mandate, like C-21 screwing up the gun bill, Mary Ng with mm-hmm. contract demand Alvaro, the stuff going on with McKinsey, which, you know, may or may not have anything there. I have a feeling that they're the issue that they're really trying to connect is Dominic Barton, who was Canada's ambassador to China during the Meng Wanzhou thing mm-hmm. and then had close ties with the government in its first mandate with Ru. You know, they think they're trying to draw a connection of coziness. That's the angle where they're going there. They're not saying it yet, mm-hmm. but it seems to be that that's where they're going. Um, and then uh, and then there's something going on with Minister Hussein, uh, some money, uh, money thing, contracts or something of the sort. Um, and this is the time at someone's mandate where these things can start to pile up create an impression because it's they still prefer uh, polling seems to indicate that while at the moment the conservatives have a lead in the polls the on preferred prime minister metrics it's still the prime minister yes. uh, so skippy's a drag on the party at the moment but too much of those in a while uh you know, can really tarnish the brand and can start to weigh. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't lose your government because you did one thing wrong. It just becomes it's a thousand cuts after a while, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that might be the case with uh, with him. Uh, if he decides to stay on for a fourth one, the chances of having a prime minister Freeland probably diminish. Because if he wins again, then the fifth mandate is probably highly improbable. Agreed. And I say that she probably she probably goes on to try to be Secretary General of the UN. Uh, so she'll probably end up. That's a. I think that's a pretty accurate guesstimate. Um, she definitely has the the chops, right, uh, and the the diplomatic acumen. So yeah, there's a good chance of that. You know, there's a very good chance of that. I was. That's probably what she would. I mean, what what other higher. I mean, there's governor general, but you need to be appointed to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an appointment. That's right. Um, and I don't, so I don't where know else, where else do you go higher. Well, and and the thing is, as governor general, um, or NATO, yeah. I can't see her wanting that position only because it's, although technically it is the head of state in Canada, it's. Um, she likes to get her. She likes. Throw up her sleeves, and she likes the policy stuff. There's a lot less that that the governor general can do from a policy uh, standpoint, right? They yeah, just it's more ceremonial. It, it's more ceremonial. I mean, there are a lot of things involved with uh, the government and the governor general when it comes to, uh, um, you know, if you want to prorogue parliament, or you, you you have to go to the governor general for permission to do these things to dissolve parliament, all that. But again, it's it's more of a ceremonial role in many, many ways. It, it, it's not the meat and potatoes of, of what needs to be done on a daily basis when it comes to legislation and making lives better for Canadians. So I can't, I can't necessarily see her doing that at this stage of her career. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe at some point after she's decided to step away from it, possibly, but I, I just can't see her doing it now because it, I don't think it's going to give her the... Uh, job satisfaction because there's so much less she can do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. 
I would definitely agree with that. Uh, we have Kit Linda M saying there's also a risk of Singh dissolving the cooperation agreement because his huge ego might think people will choose him over Skippy and bring in an NDP government. I don't trust him. Uh, I There is that risk, but I don't think that's going to happen just yet. No. Um, the main reason I don't think that was going to happen just yet is because there are some provincial elections coming up in Alberta in May and I believe in Manitoba in October. Mm. And those are two provincial elections that could very well go the NDP's way. I think so. Uh, Alberta especially. Federal NDP policy. Yes. And uh, since federal NDP policy and provincial NDP policy, particularly on the prairies, don't seem to align. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that Mr. Singh probably won't want to attract attention to himself in that way uh, at that moment because uh, that could probably depress the provincial vote that's willing to come out if the federal party seems to be wanting to break up the national stability at the moment. Uh, That would inject some noise uh, that would be very unwelcome by the provincial parties into the debate and into their elections at that time. Um, so I think he's got a little barrier there. However, I have to say, because I'm pretty hard on Mr. Singh, over the last few weeks, he's been doing quite well. Um, he came When he came out with his position that he could um, uh, withhold his support uh, if the prime minister didn't do anything on health care, uh, that was an overplay of the hand, but I can understand why he needed to do that for the base. Right. Um, right. But I can understand why. Uh, but this time, unlike other times, he has backed it up by maintaining the debate. Uh, and he's found some pretty good angles and some comfortable positions to be. Uh, so on the health care, uh, he is mentioning, uh, again, of late that the federal government should be doing something but there's been a slight nuance in his language where he's also adding the portion about making sure that the canada health act is respected right so before when he was coming out he was basically coming out in a manner that could let one suppose he was suggesting that the prime minister should be the head waiter to the provinces and just Mm -hmm. give them whatever they want money-wise like I said, forget about the strings attached and forget about the... Uh, so his language has modulated, if you will notice, over the past couple of weeks to include that portion. Uh, and then uh, from the premier's language has also modulated. Uh, the first person to come out of the gate uh, was uh, Nova Scotia Premier Tim Houston. Now, admittedly... Um, Maybe his change of heart has been precipitated by recent events in Nova Scotia, uh, including two high-profile cases of people dying, one in an ER room and then one one hour within the hour of having left an ER room because she was not going to get service that day. And I think a pretty important like in the number of ER room deaths in the province that year as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to venture on the numbers. I have those numbers uh, noted down uh, at at the Beaver Lodge itself. Uh, So I'm not going to risk taking a guess on them. Uh, But it's it's significant. It's eye-popping. You'd be surprised. Um, And uh, he started coming up to the cameras and saying, you know, if the federal government wants strings, then fine. We're fine with that. Just tell us what the strings are and 
you know, will be good. Uh, and then uh, Doug Ford then came out a few days later uh, and then started mentioning that you know, he would be open to certain things. And then uh, actually Quebec Premier Legault was the one who first started it up because the Prime Minister had a meeting with him, I think, just before Christmas or around Christmas. And he said that he saw some like avenues and things were going well. Mm-hmm. And then and I think a few days ago was even like Premier Mo <laughs> also, right? Who was like against anything Trudeau says. And uh, Trudeau gave him a little bit of a smack upside the head this week. If yeah, you, a little uh, bit. Didn't know. Yeah. When he went to Saskatchewan to make that uh, announcement about the critical minerals mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> plant. Well, that was when and, he had his, uh, his, uh, his uh, five minute, what, what, North whatever true north exactly called his tirade i'm like wasn't a tirade yes. yeah and then uh but he um he didn't tell saskatchewan premier mo that it was happening and he didn't tell him that he was coming into the province mm-hmm. he just went to the event and made the announcement now that's the, typically the type of announcement that the provincial government is at because the federal and provincial governments did contribute money oh yes they both did pitch into that but the federal government just went in and did the announcement. It's like, sorry, buddy, you don't get your candy. Learn to play nice. <laughs> just a little bit of, mm. <laughs> a little bit of elbows up there. It's all right. Was, Gordy, uh, Gordy Howe style. I, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was like just like a little like a little smarten f up because <laughs> there's more of these announcements coming and we can do this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and then Premier Mo, the, I think it was pretty much the next day. <laughs> it's like, oh, I think that the federal government's priorities and ours are very much aligning. In the way <laughs> wow. So um, basically, the same that. strategy that worked. Imagine that. So basically, the same strategy that worked for the CPP, that worked for the Canada Child Benefit, that worked for carbon tax, and what worked for childcare, is working here too. Uh, we have a pot of money. We're putting it in the window. We have certain priorities, and then they all go, "No, no, 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 no." We'll take you to court and all that kind of stuff. And then something happens, and one province goes, uh, "Well, you know, uh, we do." Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take that money. And then somebody goes, yeah, me too, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, now, again, this time, yes, I wish Trudeau would do more things like that. Uh, Trudeau has been getting spicier, and I love it. <laughs> well, lately it's been yeah. this. Hang on, I'll show you. Oh, 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 oh. What are we going to be shown? I do not know what he's showing us. You know, they're coming to him hat in hand asking for money. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's amazing how you can be less cocky on health when you have people dropping dead in your ERs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll make a deal. Because <laughs> I want to get reelected. Um, yeah, we're ready to make a deal. So, uh, yeah, the cracks. Uh, and you know what? It's, this was a game of chicken. But the Prime Minister is completely right here in wanting to have some types of results. Now, 
he's modulating his language as well too, right? Uh, so basically, it seems that the for, there's a large framework for an agreement now, and it's, there's going to be money going towards the provinces in a transfer, but it's not going to be $28 billion that they're requesting. And then there's going to be a series of one-on-one side deals with the provinces for monies going into their specific healthcare systems for specific problems relating to five specific areas like home care, long-term care, and... Um, you know, mental health and addictions, mm-hmm. and there's 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 five general areas that money is going to go into, uh, uh, and um, we're losing you again. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> With, no, we're losing you badly. Oh, am I doing yeah. am I doing okay now? No, you got almost no signal. Your signal's oh, five no. out of ten. I don't know what's going on. Your Wi-Fi seems a little wonky at uh, at that place. You're going to have to get a LAN cable, I think, and plug into your uh, your modem at some point direct. But your signal's good now, so we can keep rolling. Okay. We can keep rolling. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot where it was. Um, other provinces. Oh, darn. I'm so sorry. sorry. Um, it's, it's just because it's a major distraction when, when you know, it, you keep cutting out and we can't hear you. So we don't, we don't know where you are either. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, happens darn. yeah well we'll just get you a long patch cable for next time i mean this is the we're still building your road kit you've got three quarters of it i need one more piece to complete it so that you can bring a mic with a stand patch cable you just need the digital interface which i just can't afford right now it's a hundred bucks so it's gonna have to wait it's a, i just can't afford an extra hundred dollars right now i mean obviously i couldn't pay my bar tab on saturday so <laughs> I can't spend another hundred bucks right now. <laughs> uh, darn. Um, so anyway, yeah, the o- overall framework with one-on-one deals with the provinces uh, in uh, five specific areas. Uh, and I was hoping I would be able to find them off the top of my head uh, or in my notes here, but I can't. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, medical backlogs, greater access to primary care, long-term care and home care mental health and addictions, and health data. So those are the five areas that they're looking. Uh, so it seems that they're going to uh, agree, make a decision to agree on that which they agree <laughs> and leave what they don't agree on for another time in order to get some money flowing. Uh, and uh, you know, on the another thing that might be um, speeding up uh, the premier's... Uh, desire to actually reach an agreement uh, is the fact that the budgeting cycles are coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Most everybody's budget needs to be uh, tabled in April and uh, you know, February, fast March approaching. is where you start getting really busy on that. Yeah. So they would like to settle that in order they, they can make all their announcements of all the money they are putting into healthcare without giving any credit to Ottawa for any of it. Yeah, of As course. provinces love to do. <laughs> and all the money they are investing in childcare even though it <laughs> pretty much all comes from the... Yeah. Anyway, mm. you know I, uh, you know where the money's coming from. You know oh, where yes. the money's coming from. <laughs> it's all coming oh, from feds. So uh, that's pretty much what's going on. on the, yeah, but it looks like uh, the eternal dance is, uh, is happening and that the prime minister is getting pretty much what he wanted from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he held out and uh, played his cards. He played the long game. As we say on the show often, what we've recognized, he seems to have a very uh, good ability to do that. Uh, t- 
take a position that uh, helps them win the long game, as opposed to winning the current medium nanosecond moment, as has been the theme of the show. Uh, and to whatever results that basically gets you, as conservatives have been noticing over the past seven years or so. Uh, nothing for people with disabilities. Uh, there is something for people with disabilities coming on. Uh, Minister uh, Carla Qualthrow has been working for a while on a bill called C-22, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is to uh, give a supplement uh, to people with disabilities. It's a, I'm guessing it's a um, GIS-similar type mm-hmm. supplement. Uh, for people with disabilities. Don't quote me on that. We've been uh, calling the minister's office trying to get her to come on the show, uh, but unfortunately we, we've, re- we've reached a roadblock. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll uh, find uh, when we uh, have uh, the person that we uh, found that's a federal MP who's agreed uh, to come on the show, maybe they'll be able to tell us a little bit more about the, the bill because we'll definitely ask them. Oh, yes. Uh, so... Yeah, so we'll hope hopefully get uh, that uh, for you. And yes, universal basic income would be really nice. And, it would uh, be the ticket. I, I am think. wondering to, yeah, I am wondering what did happen to all that uh, talk about uh, learning the lessons of the pandemic and uh, bringing in policy for it. Is that was going to be the theme of the election when they were going to have it in September of the year previous when we were coming back from that summer, uh, and then uh, I don't yeah. know what happened. We, we yeah, yeah, the governor, we, they replaced Judy Payette and put in Mary Simon, so everything was in place for them to go, and they decided not to go in the end. Uh, and maybe that would have been a plank in that platform. Uh, but, uh, yeah, now the focus does definitely seem to be on wanting to get back to some type of uh, what can be called economic discipline, because they know that that's the message on which Skippy is going to hammer them on three three years from now. Uh, so they would like to have much better numbers to run on to take that argument out from under him to make uh, basically everything he said over the last two years a waste of time and have to find a new platform. Uh, so that's my, uh, if I'm looking long term, that would be the strategy. So, Well, I was uh, thinking that with a UBI. Which means that Universal UBI might be on the, on the shelf again. Well, if we had a UBI, we could get rid of uh, well, get not get rid of, but we could merge CPP, OAS, GIS, and uh, welfare systems all into one yes. lump sum. That's it. Everybody gets yes. the same. It's simple. It's easy. Less administrative work. Less headaches for the the, for want of a better term, end user, the recipient, because it's just one thing you have to deal with instead of multiple things. And the idea behind it is is brilliant. Because people are, well, you'll always have the detractors go, well, people just won't want to work. They'll just sit back and collect the money. No. You're going to have a percentage like that. Even my hardcore progressive conservative friends said, oh, yeah, there's always a percentage of the population that uh, there's a certain percentage that are unemployable. Like they cannot work, right, for, for whatever reason. And then there's a percentage that refuse to work. That's always going to exist. It always has. It's never going to go away. So should we punish everybody for the, the, the very, very few who refuse to work? And that's very few. Very few. Uh, so, there, like, again, there's, there's a certain percentage of the population that cannot work. Period. Cannot work. And with long COVID, we're going to see a larger population 
that cannot work because they just can't get through a day. But a UVI would eliminate so many headaches, and as the saying goes, a rising tide lifts all boats. And what happened with all that CERB money? It just went right back into the economy because you need to eat, you need to pay your hydro bill, you need to have your internet because you can't live without it today, and you need to, uh, oh yeah, keep a roof over your head. A UBI would be such a a tremendous uh, uh, aid to so many people. There's people who work terrible jobs, sometimes two or three terrible jobs because they have no other choice because social services or welfare in the province of Ontario for a single person is $750 a month. I think it's $743, which doesn't pay for anything. ODSP is a little bit more than that, but it's still not enough to survive on. A UBI would take care of all of that. You, You get rid of all of them. ODSP, well, not get rid of them, but merge it all into one thing. One UBI, that's it. No yep. more no more ODSP, no more welfare, no more CPP, no more OAS, no more GIS. All of it falls under the same umbrella, less administrative cost, and much simpler for the recipient in the end. All we need to do is, mm-hmm. is get enough people interested in doing this. And who's the guy who launched this? Who was the guy who came up with this idea? Former progressive conservative senator, Hugh Siegel. Hugh Siegel. Yeah. Boots bootstraps need boots he wrote a book about it yeah yeah he's and a progressive he's head, pardon yep, i think he's the head of fair fair income Canada. yes now. he is yeah this is a good man we should ask him on the show too yeah yeah please god i'd love to have him on the show yeah yeah well and, and, and um, look at what mike says you know an extra an extra 2k a month you you could do so much with it you would it would really improve the the economy and and the country and the lives of millions of people and it's been proven that it works and it costs us less money as a society to house people and give them spending money to get back on their feet than it does to keep people homeless finland's proved yeah. it homeless and sick and going through the healthcare system and through the judiciary system all of it right system and all of it they've proven that it improves society much like the daycare system in the province of quebec which has proven it gets it puts more back into the system than it ever took out yep Yep. proven so absolutely let's make this happen themselves they do well i don't want to pay extra taxes well, then move well, somewhere else. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? Because I'm so good. I, I, I can play a devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. If I was on the conservative side of the, of the spectrum and somebody was proposing this, my first policy right away is, like, in these times, giving people free money that will pump inflation like this and keep this crisis going? Are you crazy? Mm. So either way, you're handing them a plank. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? And the second one, the second one, you can actually make somewhat make a case for in theory. Well, when trying in to sell theory. when trying to sell right. UBI in Canada, it's much like when when Bernie uh, was trying to sell uh, single payer health care in the U.S. He yep. would come to them and say, "Yes, your taxes are going to go up. You're going to pay five thousand dollars more per year in taxes, but right now you're paying ten thousand dollars a year in insurance payments. So I'm actually right. saving you five thousand dollars, but my taxes are going to go up." but I'm saving you $5,000. And because it's single payer, guess what? 
Nothing gets refused. There's no deductible. Nothing gets refused. Your taxes go up by $5,000, but you save 10000 in insurance premiums. So you're actually getting $5,000 in your pocket. But my taxes are going to go up. Okay, you know what? This is stupid. I'm beating my head against a wall here. You're not listening to what I'm saying, which is the same selling point for UBI in Canada. They will continue to beat that same right. dead horse, but the taxes will go up. But I'm saving you money. I'm going to save you money. And just now, it's... It's Ozzy here says, people cannot do math when it comes to taxes. They act like the entire thing comes out of only their bank account. Every $37 million is $1 a piece. So that's how I divide things that are paid by taxes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there you have it, kids. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here, let me pull this up. So I've got two, two things here. Throw it real quick. So remember, back on January 6th, I said, look at Canada's population, 39394059 you want to know what it is as of this very moment in time? So keep that number, 39394-39394059, okay? You might, you might have to take the top things off. No, that's okay. And okay. right now, it's 39,418,000. So we've jumped by, what, 24,000 people in 16 days. So you are fascinated with that. I love that. Well, That's I so am. Cute. I am because you look at the population growth and as, 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 uh, oops, sorry, I want to take that down. As, as Reed just said, $1 by 37 million. Well, it's actually almost 40 million now. Right. So. Right. If, if every That's person true. contributes $1, there's almost $40 one, million. One for 40 will make the math much, much, much easier. Yeah. And one for 40 makes it much easier to do in your head. It's what I'm getting at, right? So, yeah, I am fascinated this by how quickly hack. we're growing. <laughs> yeah. I still wonder where we're going to house everyone. <laughs> well, you know what? And, and, a, and a buddy of mine who is, the, again... The policies are not aligned. No, no, I agreed. A, a buddy of mine who is a progressive conservative said to me, and he's, he, he does not like the prime minister at all, just because he's a progressive conservative. Mm -hmm. But he did say, we need to do something about the homeless. He says, if, if, if we have to start building, uh, you know, uh, large apartment buildings to give them an apartment, a place to live, he says, we need to do this because the homeless problem or the houseless problem, however you want to call it or label it, is becoming a, 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 an epidemic in this country. And we can't continue to do this because it costs us more money. You, you think about it, policing costs, healthcare costs, judiciary costs, all of that gets built in to somebody who gets constantly arrested just for being without a house. Look what they did in Toronto just a couple of weeks ago where they, uh, people were, uh, had tents set up and the city went and tore them down. Yep. Because, yep. you know, John Tory doesn't want to see that. Well, give him a place to live then. If somebody is, is living in a yep. tent in January in Canada, in Toronto, Canada's biggest city, you think they're doing that because they want to? You really think somebody wants to live in a tent in downtown Toronto in January? No. It's because they can't afford to keep a roof over their head. Because the minimum wage is not a livable wage. And because housing costs are outrageous right now. My buddy's getting set to retire in a year and a half. And most of his family lives in Toronto. And he just lives a few blocks away from me. And he was going to move to Toronto and rent an apartment. And his sister-in-law said, don't. 
He goes, why not? She said, rents here are averaging at 2600 a month. And he went, what? And I tried telling him this a while ago, but I, th- I think he just needed to hear it from somebody who, on the ground, in the location. And he's like, oh my God. He goes, I can't afford that, but then I wouldn't have any sort of life whatsoever. It would be a, it would be a, 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 a bar- barely existence at that point. I said, yeah, just stay here. She goes, dude, stay, stay in Ottawa. Your rents is less than half that. You can afford where you're living. You can hop on a train anytime you want to come down here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You got Mike here saying, I'd pay an extra $50 a month in federal tax to make sure everyone could eat and be housed. I'm right with you there. Yeah. Well, it's like when I said a, a bunch of years ago, there was a calculation done that if everybody paid an additional $100, this is about 10 years ago, so I don't know what the numbers are today, but if everybody, in the, every taxpayer in the province of Ontario paid $100 more per year, we could fund post-secondary education. Fund it completely. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'll make the checkout for 200 right now. Who do I write it to? Yeah. And Mike H is not, uh, what he's saying there is not wrong. I was listening to a podcast, uh, The Bridge with Peter Mansbridge, uh, and he has this thing, a uh, segment called The Random Renter. Uh, it's this guy that keeps on, that's not identified one. Not rants and the other day did rant that. He says, you know, like this, I actually need to pay more taxes because I'm tired of seeing this country like this yes you know, and if we need to pay a little more then fine come and get it like this i'm, I'm able to like just, like charge me more taxes and um he thought that you know peter mansbridge thought that the reaction to, to that on the show right from the listeners would be hell no and it was like 70 30 yes more taxes or something yeah it was just the the feedback that he got so it's like we see it right again i keep as we keep on saying on the show right radically reasonable <laughs> <laughs> is is the sweet spot in the Canadian in the Canadian political landscape, and we don't we're, we're neighborly. We don't like to see our neighbors suffer like this, and if it means it's going to cost me a little more, so long as you do what you say you're going to do with it, then I don't mind <laughs> shelling it out. And that's the problem: is that the people actually doing what they say they're going to do with the money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and like, if, you, if it costs me an extra fifty dollars a month to end homelessness. I'll give you a hundred a month. I can afford that. So, so I go to the pub one less. Oh, I only really only go one day a week now and twice a month when we do. <laughs> you, you know what I'm getting at though. I'd be happy to pay the extra money yeah. if it will give yeah. somebody. I'm not, here's the thing. What was it? My buddy says, I don't want to give a hand out. I want to give a hand up. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a hand up. Let's give them a hand up because that's what, and they're, and again, accept the fact there's always going to people that will abuse the system, period. So knowing that fact, don't punish everybody with the same brush because a few people cheat. There's always going to be cheaters. Accept it. Until we live in a society where money is not a thing, and that will happen at some point in time, but I'm not going to be around to see it, when all the jobs are replaced by robots and AI, and that is going to happen at some point in time, the only jobs that will be available will be stuff like what we're doing, entertaining people, uh, sort of all manufacturing, labor, construction, um, dangerous jobs. That's all going to disappear in the next 50 years. It's all going to disappear. My buddy who is a computer programmer said that within five years, his job won't exist because he writes code that creates AI that writes code. And the AI 
what the AI can do is it can find mistakes in the lines of code that we can't because you're writing, you know, some like, what is it? The, the F-35 requires 25 million lines of code, the yep. aircraft. Yep. So yep. if a computer's writing it, the computer will find the mistakes. We can't. We'll find the mistakes after we put it in the air and realize, oops, there's the problem. But you got to sort through 25 million lines of code to find it. Well, a computer can do that in a second. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting a little bit out there. But you, someday money will not be a thing. Someday we yeah. will live in a Star Trek-like environment. One would hope. Mm-hmm. One would hope, because it could end up to be Elysium. But <laughs> that's another story <laughs> altogether, right? Yes. Um, speaking on uh, similar topics... Uh, about uh, taking care of people, uh, 10 days of paid sick leave is now mandatory in federally regulated industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, some private companies have decided to t- start offering it anyways as well, also to attract workers uh, because, you know, it's a competitive world out there and if you want the best people, you've got to be offering the best advantages. Um, so, uh, and uh, an employer that has been offering it made a point in an interview that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, she said that she believed in the sick leave benefits. She had no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was wondering, like, doesn't the government already have this money? They're collecting employment insurance from employers and employees on every payroll. Mm-hmm. And yes, you would think that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we have an EI thing, and why wouldn't? And we've always had these large surpluses in the EI funds. Mm-hmm. But because the EI funds go into general revenues, yes, thank you. They're often taken, yeah, taken to go and pay down debt, right? Now, if that EI fund was a dedicated EI fund, mm-hmm. for example, when it came time to help everybody during the pandemic we probably would not have had to borrow money because we would have had it and would have been there. Now our financial situation going into the pandemic would be different because we didn't pay down any, the debt that we pay down and the other times that, you know, mm-hmm. we ended up having those you know, great consecutive number of years in a row under Christy and Martin, which we worked ourselves up to a $13 billion annual surplus that Harper gave away in one stroke of the pen with a GSD yes. cut that of two cents on the dollar that nobody notices really. Well, uh, and, and let's let's uh, take another look at the. E- uh, it's, the like it's literally giving you back your money two cents at a time. Let's okay, <laughs> but l- let's take another look at EI being used for uh, sick leave, which I think is a great idea. Well, but that's what I'm saying. That, that's where I'm going. Well, here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I wanted to say, though, is that I think that's a great idea. It's a wonderful idea. Just don't make it a non-superfluous transition. So if I have to take a week off because I'm sick, don't make me fill out extra paperwork so I can get paid and I won't see it for 60 days or something like that. Just mm-hmm. keep my, my income the same and, and just have uh, the accountant within the company forward in my one week's sick leave to EI and take care of it in the background. Because when you're sick, you're already stressed about money. Now I got to work, I got to do paperwork to try and get paid for the, my sick time. No, make it superfluous. If I'm sick, I just get paid my regular two weeks or whatever the case may be, Right. And if they can implement it in that manner, I'm 100% on board and in support of it. But if they're going to implement it and I got to start filling out paperwork, 
No, no, it needs to be seamless if you're going to do that. It needs to be the corporation that's like they either like send at the end of the month, send all their sick leave in for the month to the government and then they, they reimburse them back or something. But for the employer, it has to be seamless. Uh, but with all that, that surplus in that time, compounded interest and all that kind of invested in an account like this, there would have been money for the pandemic. There'd be money for a sick leave program like that. And there probably would be money in the fund for retraining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For that just transition thing that everybody's like complaining about like this, but basically the, you know, helping, you know, move our workforce to where the move more, move our workforce to where the puck is going when it comes to green energy, particularly out West, right? That transition, <laughs> because that's where we're going. Uh, you know, like there would be money in that, in the fund for that. If, uh, if we didn't look at it as an opportunity, as some money just sitting around there, uh, whenever we needed to balance the budget for political reasons or legitimate economic reasons. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but that's, yeah, it, it's just, again, it's one of those things. Like, what what have things been like had we never raided the EI fund? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. We can't know. It's like Schrodinger's, like Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. Box, right? <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's box. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want you, you us to can, slide right into your Schrodinger's box, you our can, podcast subscription is. You can draw a parallel between cat and box if you really wanted to, <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Oh, man. I'm not going to go there. The cat in the box says that. <laughs> anyway. Not where I was going. Not where I was going. And remember, oh, for fashion sense, go to Eleganza. Eleganza. <laughs> where you can look like a cast member of Space 1999. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a delaganza extravaganza, darlings. <laughs> you work those platforms, honey. <laughs> I had platform uh, boots in the 70s. Did you really? Oh, yeah, of course I did. Hey, man, Kiss wore them. It was cool. I had a brown pair of platform oh, boots well. in the 70s. Yes. I was always a bit of a fashionista. I mean, my God, look at this. If that's not fashion, I don't know what is. <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, baby, bring some of that sugar this way. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, come oh, on. Oh, man. This is a fashionista right here. Look at this guy. Eh? How's that for a fashionista? <laughs> yeah, there we go. You knew where your light was. You knew oh, where yeah. your light was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exposing your best side. It's all I've got. It's all I've got. <laughs> Come on, I didn't go to um, university. I went to college on a government, uh, a province of Ontario sponsored program so I could learn how to do what I was already doing for years anyway and, and get a piece of paper to say I knew how to do it, which they never actually sent to me even though I finished the program. But I couldn't afford to go to university because, well, that costs money and, you know, I was a working class stiff. So I never had that chance to get that hand up. OSAP uh, I didn't qualify for mm. so mm. you know and then of course they went from OSAP which was a, a provincially government sponsored program to well we're just going to hand it over to the banks so that they can deal with it oh yeah that seemed like a good idea so you've got a government program for student loans with a very low interest rate that would not break your back when you have to pay them back versus a for-profit industry is now going to loan you money. 
How do you think that works out? Usually not in favor of the person borrowing the money. Never does. Never does. Never does. Uh, do we have time for a little bit of news about uh, Canadians who have done us proud? Sure, sure. I got five minutes before I have to go to a meeting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we've been well, on then, for two hours now almost, so. Yes, that's usually the t- time it takes me to, <laughs> to sign off. Okay, so rather than Canadians that have done us proud, then just a little Aussie open update because, you know, mm-hmm. the tennis freaking me. Uh, unfortunately, all the Canadians are out of the tournament except for Gabriela Dabrowski and women's doubles. <laughs> Ta-da! Aussie update up. No, uh, yeah, uh, combination of uh, surprises and terrible draws and stuff like that. Uh, uh, we had two Canadian players in the females in the women's draw uh, face the number four in the world. Mm. So who's like on a tear at the moment? Uh, so that kind of decimated the women's field. Uh, Caroline Garcia to herself basically decimated the women's field. Uh, uh, and then uh, in the men, uh, uh, Denis Shapovalov uh, lo- played a, lost a very, 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 very tough match uh, to a higher-ranked player from Poland, her catch, uh, but played very well. And then uh, Felix Ogiel-Yassim uh, got the furthest, and uh, there's a Czech guy named uh, Yeri Herichka who's just come out of nowhere and is having a Cinderella run and took him out. Mm. So that was it. Uh, Gabriel de Dabrowski had a good, really good path towards the... Uh, title in uh, the mixed doubles as a lot of the top seed teams got eliminated very quickly, uh, but so did she in the second round. Uh, so yeah, uh, the only tournament, uh, only Canadian left is Gabriela Dabrowski in uh, women's doubles uh, entering the third round. And I think even uh, all of our juniors might already be out oh, as really? well. So uh, a bit, bit, yeah, a bit of a difficult, a uh, bit of a diff- challenging run. There might be uh, one uh, junior girl uh, in um, her last name Zhu X U, um, but uh, in doubles. But uh, other than that, it's uh, uh, not because Canadians played poorly, but uh, just tough draws or running against, running up against people that are just playing like the best they've ever played in their entire lives at this exact moment. Um, so there you go. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm a little sad. <laughs> and you know, and also, but like Nadal is out for the men, who is like number one because he yeah. came in with an injury, and Iga Swiatek, uh, the number one in the women, is also out. She played against someone who's having a, a good run at the moment, so it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a topsy turvy uh, event. Uh, lots of good tennis, however. Uh, I just don't know who to cheer for at the moment. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's like all my favorites are gone. Well, so, I, yeah. that uh, so I'm going to be just dis- I'm going to be discovering other tennis players, I guess, as I watch uh, watch a few matches and see what happens uh, in the next as we get closer to the final. All right, kids, I think we have a show, don't we, Mr. Grizzly? Yeah, we do. We do. Because I got to go. Yeah, we do. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, kids, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of uh, the Eager Beaver Running Show because we loved making it for you. If you would like to subscribe to us, you can find us on our pod page. 
That's podpage.com slash True North Eager Beaver with a hyphen between each one of those words. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can do so via our email, TrueNorthEagerBeaver at gmail.com, uh, through our Twitter feed at TrueEager, or on our blog page at Facebook, True North Eager Beaver. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're not, please find our YouTube channel and please subscribe. That would help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple right. or Google or anything there. else that allows you to give us a rating, please do. Give us some stars, uh, send us a review, let us know what you think. We'd really appreciate that. Of course, we have merch for you. Subscribe is right there, right there. Hit the subscribe button, please, please. Subscribe is right there. Okay, there you go. Uh, if you uh, want some merch, we have some merch for you. Uh, we have to change that Chiron because it's no longer that anymore. Oh, that's right. It's changed, it's, hasn't it? Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. Yes. Yeah. Let me just uh, pull that out of there. So I'm gonna have right to go now, we're check. doing some false advertising there, people. Uh, but Chiron.co, and then uh, you click on the shop icon, and you can find us there. Uh, if you would like to leave us a tip, our car our tip jar is at coffee, ko-fi.com slash And thank you, Kit Kathy. Uh, we mentioned it on our podcast show yesterday, but we want to mention it on our regular morning show for the wonderful tip that you sent us. We very much appreciate it. Very, 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 very much. And uh, I don't think I have anything else off the top of my head. So, Mr. Grizzly, before we go, do you have some words of wisdom for us? Uh, well, um... Ouch, I dropped my keyboard. Sorry about that. Words of wisdom. Don't you know, do that, kids. Don't do that. That's bad for you. Here, I got I got the uh, I got the thing. Oh, that's a nice store, too. I like the look of that. Let me just put this in the captions here. I'll change this. Uh, Dean, this is still legit, by the way. This is still operational for the time being. Uh, okay. But there is a new one coming, and I will put that in here right now. And then I'll give you my words of wisdom while I just... Uh, whoops, i got to hit the right... i got two keyboards and two computers in front of me, so sometimes I get a little bit confused because... I'm old. Uh, there we go. There's the new media shop. I think there might be a shorter one for it. I'll see if I can find that later. But for, for the time being, you can access. Uh, if you want a T-shirt, you can go there. I'm going to try and get submitted the uh, additional things to the T-shirts. The uh, democracy is something you do on the backs, along with coffee mugs and uh, toques and maybe a ball cap. But I'm more of a toque guy myself, you know. Anyway, uh, words of wisdom? Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your friends. Show gratitude whenever you can. Remember to drink water. That's very important. And at 9 p.m. this evening, I will do an ASMR show for those of you who need it. 9 p.m. Yes. So, yes, do listen to your Mr. Grizzly. Hydrate. And then after you've hydrate, listen to Mr. Beaver, then gyrate. (laughs) I always take time to dance, babies. <laughs> All right, Mr. Grizzly, please roll the credits. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research, story, and guest curation, and copywritten by The Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to Pete Jarvis for our artwork. We love it. Kits, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Take care. See ya. See you, kids.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.